At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 144 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Do you have a complicated relationship with food? If you do, you're in the right place. If this is the first time you've listened to the Love Food Podcast, welcome. I'm really excited that you have chosen to spend some time here with me, and I hope the next 20 minutes provide some new insight as you are trying to heal your relationship with food. It's a really complicated, messy culture that we live in, and so it may seem really simple to just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. But what Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating, always says, it sounds simple, but it's not easy. And one of the reasons why one of the many reasons why it's not easy is because it's scary. It's very scary to move away from diets, even though diets suck and they hurt and they feel like torture, but there are a lot of things that we get out of them. They're super hopeful and everyone's doing them. Thankfully, National Dining Month is over. If you're listening to this podcast shortly after it's released, January of 2019 is now over. Thank you, God, because... Those commercials were driving me crazy. You know, one thing that I'll say is I feel pretty okay with my relationship with food because, you know, I talk to people about this all the time and I've been studying it and working with it for 20 years. And, you know, the thing I've noticed with these commercials this year for diets, they have sucked me in because they are so like manipulative and warm and fuzzy. And oh my gosh, you should have heard the curse words coming out of my mouth when I realized that they were like making me feel stuff. And um, I just have to, to let you know that because I think it's really important to remind us that diet culture can be really sneaky and um, easily can manipulate us because of what it tries to say it's going to bring us. And I have a letter today from someone who is taking some really important steps away from dieting and is finding it at times, it's really, really scary. 
And if you have a complicated relationship with food and you're trying to try something different, to move away from dieting, and uh, maybe you're trying this intuitive eating thing, well, I think you're going to really appreciate this letter. You may even wonder if you wrote it yourself because it sounds so familiar. I know when I read the letter, I thought, wow, I have heard this from other people before, and I know so many people are going to relate to it. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. So PCOS, also known as polycystic ovarian syndrome, is a condition that basically if you have it, you know you've been told to diet, to um, heal it or cure it or manage it, which it can't be cured or healed like people make it seem. Um, And I really want you to know that you do not need to diet to manage PCOS. If you want a deep dive into what I'm talking about, I have a course that I designed for you that goes over all of that. You can find the details and all the details on the 12 steps towards food peace with PCOS at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. If you're a dietitian who wants to learn more about how I do this work, you can also check out the course I made for you at PCOSandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians. And I have a very special February 2019 coupon for you. I have um, coupons every once in a while for the course. And for the month of February, I've decided to do a 30% off coupon. All you need to do is enter the code LOVEFOOD at checkout, and that'll give you 30% off. Super awesome. And that's for the whole month of February 2019. Have you heard of the social media advocacy platform, Third Wheeled? Third Wheeled is a, is a platform that raises awareness of eating disorders in LGBTQ plus communities. Started by a queer couple whose writing addresses the intersectionality of eating disorders and body image, including gender dysphoria, a queer identity, trauma, and gender identity expression, CJ and OJ provide a dual perspective of eating disorder recovery through the lens of a non-binary person in recovery and of a non-traditional family carer who just happens to also be a registered dietitian. So cool. CJ and OJ would love to work with eating disorder professionals on cultivating inclusive treatment for eating disorders in LGBTQ plus communities and are available to discuss training, webinars, and speaking engagements. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Facebook and Twitter at Third Wheeled or email them at info at thirdwheeled.com. So their website is thirdwheeled.com. You can get all of the links and everything in the show notes so you don't have to worry about writing anything down, but I encourage you to check it out. Such an important um, platform and I've learned so much to better better provide care for my clients and I encourage you to check it out as well. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Dear Food, Sometimes I'm really scared of you. I'm not even sure why, but when I write these words, I cry. I'm scared. I'm scared you will make me fat. I already am and pretty much always have been. I'm scared you won't help me with my PCOS. I'm scared you'll take over my body and not feed my soul. I'm scared if I eat healthy, I'll never get to taste the good stuff. I'm scared. I'm scared if I don't have you, I won't have my friend. I'm scared you'll abandon me. I'm scared you'll leave me. What does this mean? That the medication factor will be gone and I'll be left hanging with no security blanket. Dear body, I love you. Let me feed your soul. Let me feed you. I want to take care of you. Dear body, let me be gentle and kind. Let me love you as I learn to let others love me. Let me accept you. Dear body, let me find joy. Love, scared of letting go. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. And as scary as it was to write it, it meant a lot to read your words. And you know, that short note, it has a lot of meaning. And I have a feeling many people who are listening can relate to what you are writing all about. And I do appreciate how this part, this part where you are in your food peace journey is really scary. It is really scary because there is so much meaning as you're moving forward. And unfortunately, diet culture and fat phobia, those are two things that make this journey feel like a clean break, an all or nothing, do or die kind of situation. And as you reject that, that radical side of rejecting it is also acknowledging it that you're going to be giving up some things. And I feel like that's part of why it's so scary. I also have a feeling I'm missing a lot of the scariness because of my lived experience. But that's some of the things that I'm hearing in your note and from what other people have told me along their journey. So listener, if you can relate to this letter and you too are afraid that you're never going to lose weight or maybe you're scared of weight gain, you may wonder what this means. Like, why is that so powerful? Why is that so, like, there's so much investment in this um, moving away from dieting? Why is this part make it so hard and stuck? And th- there's a really big reason, um, big systemic oppressive type of reason is, you know, people in larger bodies are treated differently in our world. They're not allowed to take up space in the same way that people who are considered to be an acceptable body size, you know, when a person in a a lower weight walks into an airplane, they never ever have to worry about someone being offended next to them for taking up too much space. They can walk into any store and find clothes that are probably going to fit. And they also know that they can eat a meal and no one's going to be judging them. 
their brain may be judging them. And maybe people like their mother, but for the most part, it's different when someone's at a larger weight. That's just a small, small portion, small portion of the things that in a larger body a person has to think about. And so that fear of weight gain or that fear of not ever losing the weight, what that's acknowledging is that you're risking losing the privilege, risking the kind of ranking system that we don't talk about enough. And that is really, really like life-changing hard. Um, That is something that is radical, especially if you are in a larger body because someone who is in a larger body, not dieting is so radical just in itself. So of course that's scary. That's so fucking scary. That's giving up so much. And um, sitting in that fear is going to be different for everyone, but it's going to be also scary for everyone. And as the different types of bodies that we all inhabit, you know, um, the more different complex identities that are marginalized that we um, inhabit, it's going to make it even harder. So for you, letter writer, I want to just send you a lifeline of I can appreciate what you're talking about. Of course, I don't have that lived experience of being marginalized because of my weight. And um, there are many of us that are trying to dismantle this system. And we want you to join us. We want you to join us in this journey of helping to remove fat phobia in our society. And that sounds like such a like minimization of what it is because it's going to take generations to do. But we need you to help us. And by helping us, I also think it'll help your journey because you'll connect with other people who are valuing bodies in the same way. And you'll also get to see people in body shapes that look like your your own and doing the things that you want to do and connecting in the way that you want to connect and feeling free in the way that you want to feel free. And also not doing it perfectly, meaning at times still struggling and being compassionate with that. I think that's one of the biggest parts of all of this is the food peace journey is not linear. And I actually just read a quote by Anita Johnson on her Facebook page. I'm going to pull it up because it's so much of what I think about the food peace journey, the way I describe it, I think it makes it sound linear and it never is. And Anita's quote that she had is this, The path isn't a straight line, it's a spiral. You continually come back to things that you thought you understood and see deeper and deeper truths. And as I read that quote, I have to mention, I'm not sure 100% that it's Anita's quote, I'll ask her, but um, it is on our page and doesn't have a person's name underneath it. But I think that's such a big part of this, this kind of concept that I'm trying to kind of glean out is that what you'll do as you move along your journey is that you'll continue to connect with things from your past and just see it from a different point of view. And that is so powerful. It is so amazing because then you'll get deeper and deeper into your own truth and what you want to do as you move forward. So moving on, I want to mention something about disease. So letter writer, you mentioned polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, And of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I talk about PCOS all the time because it's one of the conditions that I I specialize in. If you haven't heard of it before, it's it's an endocrine disorder that has metabolic and reproductive consequences. 
and it affects one in five of those who are signed female at birth. And it is a condition that people are told that they have to diet and fear weight gain in order to manage it. And what happens with PCOS and pretty much any disease that I've ever come across in my work as a dietitian is that we're meant to believe that every bite we take is needs to center around, does this help our disease or does it not? I remember Evelyn Triboli, when I was getting supervision with her, she said, we're made to believe that every bite is either going to kill us or cure us. This like extreme dichotomy, this black and white. In reality, food is just not that exciting. <laughs> not in that way. It doesn't have that much power. Now that may feel weird coming from a dietitian, but I believe it. Food, of course, has some power and it can be pretty cool and tasty, yet every bite is not going to decide our fate. That's just not how nutrition science has led us to believe. There are other things that are much more harmful or helpful than every bite of food we take. Researchers have been studying the behaviors that promote health for a very long time. And what researchers have done is they have categorized the different behaviors as either physical determinants of health or social determinants of health. And physical determinants of health are considered like the food that we eat and the way we move our body. And then the social determinants of health are these bigger things that we really don't have as much control of, if at all. And they include how much power we have, how much money we make, where we live, how much education we have. It also is um, something that connects to gender, race, and marginalization. And so what the, what the researchers have pointed to that is really important and what I think that disease and fear of weight gain, it's all pointing to is that when we decide that we do not want to um, engage in diet culture, we want to interrupt it. Maybe we even want to say we're going to opt out of it. And by doing that, what we are doing is inviting um, more oppression. And gosh, that word inviting is just not right because it's not really inviting it, but it's it, coming to a place of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stand here and have to face more. Inviting is definitely not the right word. <laughs> but anyway, um, and these social determinants of health, the reason why I bring them up is that they actually make up 75% of our health outcomes. So what we choose to eat and how we move our body, yeah, that can make some impact on our disease. And for some people, it may have a huge impact on their disease but it's probably because they live a life with very little marginalization. They may live a life where it's just easier. It doesn't mean they have no hard things, but it may be easier for some people than others. And when we really think about that part, um, I think that you know how many fruits or vegetables I eat today is not going to be the most health-promoting thing. What's going to be the most health-promoting thing is for me to think of my community and to think about the country I live in and the world I live in and what I can do to help remove 
oppressive systems, what I can do to help people from being as marginalized, what I can do to help those who are the most harmed in our current culture and system to have more access to food and more access to the care that they need so they can take care of themselves and have access to healthcare, that's actually what's going to be more health promoting. And so as you're trying to figure out how food's going to fit in into your management of PCOS, I hope that that kind of point encourages you to take a step back and to think more about your community and globally and how you can connect to helping other people if you have access to ways to helping other people. So letter writer, you mentioned another part about this fear that food is going to take over your body and not feed your soul. And that was really powerful to me because it connected me with the concept that dieting, when they're quote unquote working, they're robbing us of so much. And I often think about a person who has weight cycled, or maybe you've heard it called yo-yo dieting. They've been on a diet, then off a diet, and then back on a diet. And that just keeps repeating over and over again, which is The typical experience for someone who has been on a diet is they've been on many of them. And after a while of having this kind of cycle, there can be this connection with the beginning being robotic, maybe even a little like hypnotic or seductive. And then there's this period of torture with it. And I think what happens for my clients that I talk to, and I wonder for you, letter writer or anyone who's listening, if you can connect to this, but what ends up happening is like a violent um, assault on the body. Rachel Cole, who was on the Love Food podcast about a year ago, she often talks about that in her writing, how diet culture is violently assaulting us. And what I notice with my clients is that connecting with the memories of dieting, after it gets past that kind of seductive, robotic kind of phase, it ends up having almost like a post-traumatic stress re- response to it. And so when a person is is really taking in all the steps of moving past dieting and interrupting diet culture, it's going to connect to this too because of the trauma response related to the assault, the violence from diet culture. And so, of course, it's scary because if you get back in that loop, what's going to happen is this place of um, where there's not much joy or connection or freedom, which I get from the letter, is really what you're yearning for. And that fear that if you heal the relationship with food, it's going to feel like dieting again, which I feel like is a really common space as a person is trying to move away from diet culture is a kind of that process of intuitive eating or non-dieting. It's still only as conceptualized as a diet. And that fear that food will never bring joy again. And that's tapping into that really powerful primal spot in our brain, that fear of deprivation. That spot in our brain is there because of excellent evolution our ancestors stayed alive and that has helped us to have this, this spot in it, but it really makes moving away from diet culture hard. But, you know, when you're connecting to that fear of, you know, I'm going to be not able to feel in my body anymore, that's where 
diet culture and non-diet approaches are kind of getting twisted in together. And as I say that, I'm like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, listener, either. It's the fault of all the people who are talking about intuitive eating in a way that is so diety. It's not. It's definitely not. I love seeing Evelyn Triboli on Instagram. She's just joined a few months ago, and she talks so much about this. So if you really want to learn about what really is intuitive eating, follow her on Instagram. She's been a hoot to watch. She's really excited about being on the um, that social media channel and so important to connect with the, one of the co-authors because they actually wrote it. <laughs> so it's based on their work. So if they are saying it, I hope we all can believe it. A few more points I want to make that I think are super important on your food peace journey for anyone who can relate to this letter. I appreciate that as we think about healing our relationship with food, we may connect with that we won't need food anymore emotionally. You talk so beautifully about this in your letter, how food has been a soothing part for you, always been there for you, always been a friend. A friend. And if it's no longer like that, that fear that you won't have that medication to get through the really tough times, here's the not so secret. <laughs> It doesn't have to look that way. Food is always going to be there for you in that way. Again, I think through evolution and however we are made, food is designed to be soothing, to feel really good. Certain types of foods like carbohydrates and fats, they release certain hormones to help us have that really good feeling. And I think there's a reason to it. And I think it's fucking awesome because when we connect to feeling good, we want to feel good. And so that keeps us eating and keeps us alive. Your food peace journey doesn't mean saying goodbye to using food as a way to cope. What the food peace journey means is that you have compassion for the ways that you survive. And you have compassion and permission to use food in the way that you need, whether it's for fuel, whether it's for pleasure, whether it's to disconnect or disassociate. It's permission to use food however you need to use it. It's also compassion and permission to take your time to find other ways and also having permission and compassion when you need food because it really can be the best thing for so many people. I, I I can't really spend enough time on that point because I feel like it's such a vital part of this process. And so for you, letter writer, as you're moving through this, and when you feel that fear of like, what if I have to let go of this security blanket? I hope you can compassionately and gently remind yourself that this is not goodbye. We are in this together and I can have access to you whenever I need it, whenever I need it. Your body wants you to stay connected. And I think you and your body, how you address it in the letter, I think you and your body know what you need. You're the expert on what your body needs. I'm not the expert. Diet culture is not the expert. You are the expert. And the more you stay connected and have permission and compassion for wherever you are, the more you can connect to joy, connection, and freedom. I see food has written back, but before we get to food's letter, be sure to check out Third Wheeled, 
the social media advocacy platform that raises awareness of eating disorders in LGBTQ plus communities. Also, this episode was sponsored by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. You can get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating review, subscribe, or share an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. All right, enough of all of that. Let's get to Food Sletter. And until next time, take care. Dear Scared of Letting Go, we see your fear and sadness. We wish you knew how we are on your side, your team, rooting for us to stay connected. We won't abandon you as you gently interrupt diet culture. We will always be there and we hope you give yourself permission to cope with whatever tools you have and need. Your body and you are the experts on your journey, no one else. Invite kindness, compassion, and connection on you and your body's journey to freedom. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.